Early Taylor at 10.30 this morning. Don't miss this exciting story of a great racehorse. And to tell it, here is Smiling Ed McConnell. Yes, kids, you'd better come running. It's old Smiling Ed and his Buster Brown gang. I got shoes, you got shoes. Why, everybody's got to have shoes. But there's only one kind of shoes for me. It has a different sort of story for you today. It's all about a famous racehorse named Alamo who won his greatest honor, not on a racetrack, but on a country road. The story began when someone carelessly flipped a lighted cigarette into a pile of very dry hay in the stables of one of the big West Coast racetracks. In no time at all, the stable was a mass of smoke and flame. Hurry up, Alamo! Bring up those water buckets! Go, get out of those cold water Yes, it was a terrible fire, and many horses were lost. However, Alamo was saved. But six months later, his owner, Al Stacy, and his trainer, Shorty Boyd, finally admitted something was definitely wrong with Alamo. Well, what do you think, Shorty? What's wrong with the nag? He hasn't won a race in six months. Boss, he ain't won a race since the fire. And it's the fire that changed him. He's lost his knife. Ah, what do you mean, a fire changed him? That's it, boss. He starts off in a race like a rocket. Then he quits halfway around. He's turned into a quitter. Quitter, huh? Well, Shorty, I'll tell you, you may be right. I think what this plug needs is a blame good beating to wake him up. That's what he's going to get right now. Give me that whip. Yeah, oh, wait, boss. Now, just take it easy now. You'll just make him worse. Shut up. I know what I'm doing. Okay, Alamo, you yes, ask, but you're going to get it. I'll teach you to quit. <laughs> oh, bruise all Why, that no good... Oh, brother, once he gets into the hills over there, we'll never find him. It's awful wild there. I better get a few of the boys and go after him. Wait, I got a better idea. Alamos throws a racehorse, you know it as well as I do. Let him go. Let him go? But, boss, he's worth Listen, shorty, I got a plan. Alamo is insured. He'll never be found in those hills. Coyotes will kill him and eat him. So we'll just get another black horse that looks something like him, knock off the horse, and collect from the insurance company. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Hey, you're sure smart, boss. <laughs> hey, uh, there's an old thoroughbred they've been using around here as a workhorse. It looks exactly like Alamo, except Alamo's got a white spot on his left fore shoulder. Yeah. Uh, we can uh, buy the old man for 50 bucks. I'll go buy him. I'll put a white spot on his show that it'll fool any insurance man. <laughs> you know, Dad, that plug'll look just like Alamo. And we'll collect the insurance money without having to spend a bunch of expensive help through these hills. 
trying to find a horse that can't even win another race anyway. You just wait until you see how this story turns out. And now, kids, old Smiling Ed wants all his buddies and sweethearts to wear Buster Brown shoes. Yes, sirree, Buster Brown. Now, old Smiling Ed wouldn't say Buster Browns are just the right shoes for all the gang unless it was true. They're just the ticket for my buddies because they fit right and look so grown up and they wear and wear and wear. So that's why... All Smiling Ed's gang says, we want Buster Brown shoes. Now, you listen carefully later in the program when our announcer man tells you how you can find where your nearest Buster Brown shoe man is. And then when Mother takes you shopping for new shoes, you tell her you want to go to your Buster Brown shoe man and get the kind of shoes all Smiling Ed's gang wears, Buster Brown. Remember how to tell the real article? You look inside the shoe, right where your heel goes. And make sure there's a picture there of that boy and his dog. That's my dog, Tide. He lives in a shoe. I'm Buster Brown. Look for me in there, too. That's right. Look for the picture of the boy and his dog inside the shoe. Then you'll know they're genuine Buster Brown shoes. Now let's hurry back to our story. Well, kids, when Alamo, who was really a fine, very fast racehorse, was burned and badly frightened in a stable fire, he became what might be called a neurotic horse. That is, he lost his courage and his spirit. For six months after the fire, he lost every race he entered. And when his owner, Al Stacy, a cruel and vicious man, beat him with a training whip, Alamo ran away and lost himself in the Southern California hills. Al Stacy, his owner didn't even try to find him because he thought it was easier to cheat the insurance company by saying Alamo was dead. So he showed the insurance company a dead horse and said it was Alamo. Meantime, forage was scarce in the hills and soon hunger sent Alamo back to the world of men. Well, it happened one evening in the neat little home of Fire Ranger Bill Whitfield far up in the hills. There, Mom. I have the table all set. Well, come help me for a second then, Jackie. Okay. Oh, boy, am I hungry. When will Dad be home? Pretty soon, I guess. He's meeting with a couple of other fire rangers. Well, he should have ridden his horse instead of taking the car. Well, car's faster, and he was going to stay on the road. Now, if you'll just... Hey, Mom. Hmm? Look, out the window. For goodness sake, a stray horse in our backyard. Hey, Mom, come on. Oh, boy. Stand still now. Oh, now. Oh, boy. There. Got hold of your halter. My goodness, where do you suppose he came from, Jackie? Gosh, I don't know. Boy, he looks starved to death. Poor old guy. Mom, can I keep him? Huh, can I? Keep him? Well, Jackie, he probably belongs to somebody. <laughs> what anybody would want with that bag of bones, I don't know. Gee, Mom, at least I'm going to give him some hay. And when Dad comes home, I'll talk to him, huh? Come on, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, son. Boy, this kid can out-argue a lawyer. Yes, how well I know. Gee, Dad, you can see from the way the horse looks, nobody owns him. I can tell you what happened, Jackie. The horse broke loose and he's been running wild in the hills. He's most starved to death. You saw the broken piece of rope hanging from the halter. 
Now, we'll have to try to find the owner, but you can keep him until we do. Oh, boy. And you know what? I'm going to name him just like the horse in the story. Black Beauty. Well, you may be sure that Jackie took good care of Alamo, which he called Black Beauty. Plenty of alfalfa and oats for a few weeks had the racehorse looking sleek and well filled out again. Lots of work with curry comb and body brush brought the horse's coat to a beautiful glistening black. And in just a few weeks, he really deserved his new name, Black Beauty. But Jackie couldn't understand the sometimes strange actions of the big horse. Dad, I just can't figure out what's wrong with Black Beauty. You know, I can't get him in the barn at all. That's strange. He's barn shy? Uh-huh. Gosh, out in the paddock, I can do anything with him. But when I try to lead him into the barn, he rears and screams. He just won't go in. Well, I can't figure that one out. <laughs> sure looks good. Yeah. Doesn't look like a bag of bones now. No. On the contrary, he looks like a valuable horse. Darned if he doesn't look like a thoroughbred. Honest, Dad, he's perfect. I just know I can ride him. Can I please, huh? Well, he seems gentle enough. Though he's a nervous horse. Okay, saddle up. I'll put a saddle on old Buck and we'll try a ride. See, Dad, didn't I tell you? We've ridden a mile now and he's just as gentle as a lamb. I guess you're right, son. He's been perfect. I can't get over his looks either. Boy, he's a beautiful horse. That's why I named him Black Beauty. Don't you guess maybe I can keep him always, Dad? Well, I've advertised in the lost and found column of two newspapers. In a month now, nobody's come to claim him. Well, pull up a minute. I want to light a cigarette. Move it. Oh, Beauty. Oh, boy. Now, let me scratch a match. Oh, oh. Hold him, Jackie. Whoa, Beauty. Whoa. Oh. Jackie. Jackie, are you hurt? Here, let me help you. I... I'm all right. Oh, that blasted horse. I told you, son, that horse is nervous and he's... Dad, Dad, he was fine. It was the match that scared him. Gee, I I wonder why the match scared him. The horse is a coward, Jackie, and a cowardly horse is no good. Well, when Jackie and his dad returned home riding double on Buck, they found Black Beauty, whom we know as Alamo the racehorse, in the yard and trembling with fear. Of course, Jackie's dad wanted to get rid of Black Beauty at once. But Jackie pleaded for his horse, and finally Mom and Dad Whitfield said the horse could stay. A week later, Black Beauty was so quiet and friendly that Jackie was able to convince his dad to try another ride. Easy, Beauty. Steady, boy. Let's pull up, son. Move over. Okay. Whoa, Beauty. Whoa, boy. Well, son, sure looks like you were right. Your horse is working perfectly. Dad... Let's race to the crossroads. <laughs> okay. But you be careful. I don't trust that horse. Let's go. Attaboy. Beauty, run. What do you think of him now, Dad? Hey, Beauty. Don't slow down and run. I'll run, Beauty. Dad's catching up to us. Beauty, please run. Come on. What's the matter, son? Ready to let him run? I'm even catching you with old Buck. He won't run, Dad. He quit. Okay, pull in. Oh, boy. Oh, oh Beauty. Oh, why, that horse started out like a racehorse. How come he quits? Gee, I don't know, Dad. He just slowed down. I couldn't keep him running. Yeah, just what I thought. He's a quitter and a coward, kid. Any horse who will quit who's scared of his own shadow is dangerous. First chance I get, I'm going to get rid of that animal. Let's go home.
Well, Jackie kept working with his horse, grooming him and feeding and cleaning his paddock daily. And gradually, the frightened horse gained confidence in the boy. But then it happened. Jackie's dad took a day off to go to town to see a horse dealer. Black Beauty was to be sold. Gee, Mom, Dad just can't sell Beauty. I told Dad he changed in the past two weeks. I love him, and I won't give him up. Well, we'll just have to trust your father's judgment. That... Oh, just a minute, that's all. Hello? Fire Warden, Bill Whitfield there. This is urgent. Well, no, he's not. Is there anyone there who can drive a car? Well, I can drive, but my husband has the car. He's gone to town. Oh, man. Uh, look, Mrs. Whitfield, this is Joe Bush, the station agent at the railroad station in Fiesta City. Oh? We just got a report that a section hand left a switch open to the spur line about three miles from your home. We can never send anyone from here in time. The limited is due there in ten minutes. Is there anyone there who can get to that switch and close it? It'll be a terrible accident otherwise. Well, well, just a moment. Jackie. Mother, I heard what he said. I know how to close those switches, and I know where that spur switch is. I can go on Black Beauty. Oh, no, no, no. Beauty will give you trouble. Uh, take old Buck's on. Uh, Mr. Bush, my son will go on horseback. Uh, we'll do what we can. Goodbye. Mother, believe me, old Buck will never make it in time. But, son, Black Beauty is... Mother, there's the limited. Oh, it's entered the valley. I've got to go. Oh, my. Don't worry, Mom. Jackie saddled and mounted Black Beauty in a flash. Down the hill they went to the long stretch of meadow through which the railroad right-of-way ran. But even as they entered the meadow, the train roared around the far turn and entered the meadow right-of-way. Then Jackie really sent Black Beauty along with a train less than a mile behind them and roaring along at tremendous speed. Holy smokes, Beauty. The train's only a mile, a half a mile behind us. You'll have to run, old boy. Run now, run. Beauty, you're slowing down. Oh, run, Beauty, run. Please, Beauty, don't quit now. Please don't quit. Run, Beauty. Oh, good boy. Here it is. Whoa, Beauty, now. Whoa, boy. Whoa. We did it! Well, I'll be darned. Look at Black Beauty's picture in the paper, and Jackie's sitting on his back as proud as punch. Gee, you can't blame me. Black Beauty's a real horse. Goodness, you should have seen the house yesterday, Bill. Reporters and photographers all over the place. Why such excitement? (laughs) Well, I never would have believed it. Honest, Dad. Whatever scared Black Beauty, he's sure gotten over it now. Hey, listen to what the write-up says. According to racing figures, the speed of the train against the distance run by the boy and his horse, Black Beauty ran a mile in record time. Say, what kind of a horse have you there, son? A darn good one. Gee, Dad, we aren't going to sell Black Beauty now, are we? We certainly are not going to... No, there's someone at the door. Yes? Uh, You the folks uh, got this horse, uh, this one in the newspaper? Huh? Oh, yes. Uh, that's my son's horse, Black Beauty. Oh, yeah? That horse is uh, the racehorse, Alamo. I'm Al Stacy. Plug ran away from my stables a couple of months ago, and now I want him. But, uh, uh, how do I know that? I mean, the horse wandered into our yard. We advertised for a month, but nobody turned up to get him. <laughs> yeah, I saw the ad. I didn't want the plug then. He, he wouldn't run. Now I see he's run a fast mile again, so I'm taking him back. Now, just a minute. 
You turned that horse out, and now you're just going to help yourself, eh? <laughs> Look, mister, I don't know who you are, but we're not turning any horse over to you. I'll call the sheriff. Yeah, going to be tough about it, huh? Just as tough as you are, brother. Okay, okay, mister. You'll hear from my attorney in the morning. Yes, after overcoming every obstacle, Jackie was faced with the fact that his horse would be taken away by the legal owner. Jackie's father was summoned to court, and a few days later, Jackie went out to the paddock to talk to Black Beauty. Sure looks as though I was going to lose you. Dad told me last night that the judge said the horse really belonged to whoever legally owned it. Guess that Al Stacy fellow really owns you, even if he did let you run away and go wild. I, I just can't let... Let him take you away. Jackie, come here. Hurry, son. Oh, beauty. That's Dad. He, he's, he's back. Back from court. Coming, Dad. What, Dad? What happened? Oh, 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 plenty, son. Plenty. My goodness, Bill. Such excitement. Well, first of all, Jackie, black beauty is yours. Hooray. Oh, boy. How did that happen? Well, the darnest thing you ever heard of. The Continental Insurance Company sent a man to court to testify that they paid this Al Stacy $1,000 when he fraudulently told them the horse died. So the insurance company legally owns the horse, and this Stacy guy is in jail where he belongs. The insurance company said Jackie could have the horse for a payment of $1,000. Wait, wait, the strangest part of all. A representative of the railroad simply stood up in court and offered to pay the $1,000 as a reward to Jackie and Black Beauty for saving the limited from a terrible wreck. Maybe there is some justice in the world after all. <laughs> there certainly was this time. Well, son, you have a wonderful horse, and he's yours because you earned him. And by the way, his name is Alamo. Uh-uh. Alamo was a scared racehorse. My horse is going to be called Black Beauty because he ain't afraid of nothing. I thought, I thought you'd like that story. Yes, sirree. What's that, Squeak in the Mouse? Oh, yes, we did promise to sing a song about Grandpa sitting on a mouse trap. You know, you know, Grandma set a mouse trap on a chair to catch a mouse, and Grandpa sat down on it. Nice. Oh, no, Midnight the Cat. That wasn't nice. And we'll tell how it all came out in just a moment. First, let's bring our announcer man on to tell us where to get Buster Brown's shoes with the picture of Buster Brown and his dog, Tiggy, inside the shoe. That's my dog, Tiggy. He lives in a shoe. I'm Buster Brown. Look for me in there, too. That's right, Buster Brown. Come on in, Mr. Announcer. Yes, sir, smiling Ed. But first, I want to tell all the kids living outside of Los Angeles that tickets for this broadcast can be secured at any store handling Buster Brown shoes in Southern California. And here's how to find the name of the stores that are now showing the latest Buster Brown shoes. No matter where you live, just pick up your telephone book and turn to the yellow pages till you come to the heading of shoes. There you'll find the name Buster Brown, and under it, the name and address of the store nearest you that sells Buster Brown shoes. Remember, just look in the classified phone book under Shoes. In Los Angeles, Buster Brown shoes are handled by the Broadway downtown, and you can also get them at the Broadway Hollywood and the Broadway Crenshaw. In Pasadena, the Broadway Pasadena and Nash's have Buster Brown shoes. You can get tickets for Smiling Ed's broadcast at all of these Buster Brown dealers, too. Get them for next week's broadcast right away, and get your new Buster Brown shoes, too.
Yes, sirree, I know there isn't a single one of Smiling Head's buddies who doesn't know where to get Buster Brown's shoes. And now we're going to get the Toyland band together and sing that song about Grandpa sitting on a mousetrap. Squeaky the mouse plays the little drums and cymbals, and Midnight the Cat plays the little doll piano over there, and Froggy the Gremlin plays his little accordion. But here we go, come on. Oh, we had a time at our house just a week ago today. There was an awful ruckus, boy, there was the deuce to pay. When Grandma set a trap upon a chair to catch a mouse, old Grandpa sat right on it, and he darn near wrecked the house. Oh, when Grandpa sat down on the trap that Grandma set for mice, you should have heard him yell, oh, we thought he had a spell. When Granny cried, we've trapped a mouse, we'll be his end by G. Old Grandpa yelled, the heck you have, you've trapped the end of me. He hopped and jumped around the room, the chairs and tables banging. But right there to his pantaloons, that old mouse trap kept hanging. He yelled, unsnap the snapper. Boy, oh boy, what it was nice. When Grandpa sat down on the trap that Grandma set for mice. Oh, when Grandpa sat down on the trap that Grandma set for mice. Oh, my, it was a sight. Boy, it sure gave him a bite. When Granny cried, you got my trap, just bring it back to me. Old Grandpa yelled, the deuce I have, it's hanging on to me. Then Granny chased him around the room a hundred miles a minute. And she said, look here, you old loon, you got no business in it. You're always getting into things. I tell you, it was nice. When Grandpa sat on on the trap that Grandma set for mine. <laughs> oh, my, my. Don't you know that Grandpa looked funny jumping around the room with that mousetrap like that? Well, I, I see the curtain moving over there. Froggy the Grimmin, are you ready to become visible before old Mrs. Twiddle Van Snoot gets here? I'm ready, I am, I am. Okay. Now, kids, if you want to see Froggy become visible in a flash, you watch real closely there. Here he comes. Plunk your magic twanger, Froggy. <laughs> oh, there he is. Jumping and cutting up as usual. I wish you kids out there could see him. He's only about as big as a kitten in his little red coat, tight little vest, bust brown shoes. Froggy the Grimmin, how many times must I tell you not to stick your tongue out at people like that? Quit it. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look out, everybody. Here comes Mrs. Twiddle Van Snoop. Cheerio, <laughs> all you sweet-faced laddies and lassies. Now, today, I'm going to lecture you on table manners. At the table, you have a knife, a fork, and a spoon. You must never eat with your knife. Because you might cut your lips. Yes, you might cut your lips. No! <laughs> oh, no, that's wrong. The knife is used to put butter... On your thumb. Correct. The knife is used to put butter on your thumb. No! No, no, no. You butter your bread with your knife. Now, take the fork. The fork has four prongs. To scratch your head with. Of course, to scratch your head with. No! Oh, for goodness sake, no. Never scratch your head with your fork. The fork is especially designed... For eating soup. Yes, for eating soup. Uh, uh. Stop making me say the wrong thing. 
Now, children, the soup spoon comes next. Now, the soup spoon... Has a hole in it. Has a hole in it, so all the soup needs <laughs> are... The soup spoon... Eyes are splashing in your soup. Yes, it's for splashing in your soup. <laughs> oh, horrors, no. Your soup spoon is for eating soup. It's designed for that purpose. Just as your fork is designed. It's a spare bread with. Of course, a spare bread with. <laughs> oh, no, never. That's very, very bad. Don't ever do that, children. Now, let's forget about the fork and talk about the teaspoon. When eating grape soup, the teaspoon is used to make the grapefruit... Squirt in your eye. Absolutely. To make the grapefruit squirt in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't believe what I said, kiddies. Froggy made me say that. Now, listen closely to this little one. It's very important. If your napkin should drop on the floor... Use the tablecloth. <laughs> yes, indeed. Wipe your face on the tablecloth. Ah. your face on the tablecloth. If your napkin falls on the floor... Kick it under the table. That's right. Kick it under the table. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear, I've got to get a grip on myself. (laughs) Now, you darling children, let me explain the correct way to eat a cream puff. Now, you pick up the cream puff gently. And throw it at your grandmother. Yes, you throw it at your grandmother. Throw a cream puff at your grandmother? Hit her with a piece of pie. Correct, you hit grandma with a piece of pie. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, what <am> I <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness, my goodness. That little old Froggy the Gremlin. You know, kids, Froggy the Gremlin has very good table manners. Yes, he does. I see to that. And he was just saying those things to mix up Mrs. Twiddle Van Snoot. And now, kids, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do next Saturday. But first, let me remind you that Buster Brown shoes are Smiling Ed shoes. And I want to ask a favor of all of you for your old buddy Smiling Ed. Will you do me a favor, huh? Will you? Ah, you betcha. Well, here it is. When it's time for new shoes and Mother says we're going shopping, think of Smiling Ed and remember... That the shoes the whole gang wears are Buster Brown shoes. Yes, sirree. Buster Browns and nothing but Buster Browns. You sure like those Buster Brown shoes, kids. And I want you to remember how to tell for sure that you're getting real Buster Browns. You just look inside the shoes. If there's a picture there of a boy and his dog, then that shoe's the genuine article. That's my dog, Ty. He lives in a shoe. I'm Buster Brown. Look for me in there, too. Ah, you bet, Buster Brown, you're right. Look for the picture of the boy and his dog inside the shoe. Then you'll know they're genuine Buster Brown shoes. Now, kids, don't you fail to be on hand next Saturday morning unless you want to miss a lot of fun. You know, funny old Mr. Traveler is going to be here to tell us about another one of his trips, and Froggy will probably have him in stitches. 
And I have a wonderful story for you all about Little Fox, the Dakota Sioux Indian boy, and Froggy the Gremlin and Smiling Ed are going to sing a song together. So will you be watching for us, everybody? And now, has everybody had fun around here today, huh? Well, that's just wonderful, buddy. Don't forget church or Sunday school now. Be listening next Saturday when you hear, Hi, kids! I'm a running. I have to gang a bunch of brown now. Buster Brown Show, starring Tom and Ed McConnell, is brought to you every Saturday morning by Buster Brown dealers everywhere. The Buster Brown Show is produced in Hollywood by Frank Barron and is directed by Hobart Donovan. Hear the hit parade tonight on NBC.